gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Get Started Podcast, where we dive into the inspiring stories of local business owners and community leaders who have taken their passions and turned them into successful ventures. From humble beginnings to remarkable achievements, we will explore the challenges, the triumphs, and everything in between that these incredible individuals have faced on their journeys. This week, we have the distinct pleasure of sitting down with Rhonda Huber, uh, and I believe that she deserves just an amazing intro. We have met very, very few times in person. Matter of fact, just the once, right? Yeah. Right? Uh, so you had reached out to me. Actually, you deserve an intro that I, I don't think that I have the capacity to give. So just a, <laughs> just a quick little bit. She is the owner of the command post at the Rock River in Byron, Illinois. She is married to General Steve Huber, who has an incredible story just from the Google and the Wikipedia that I have done uh, <laughs> on him alone. And they have one son together, Matthew, who is 12. And he'll be 10 on the Ten. 17th. Yeah. <laughs> so Rhonda, welcome to the Get Started podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> we are we are firmly into spring now. So the weather is atrocious. Um, it's yeah. it's cold. It's rainy. It's hail. Uh, hail season. Uh, we had a client this week. Uh, I, I actually posted a picture online where she had four inches of hail stacked up on her front porch. Wow. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of dive in here, I have a couple of questions for you, but uh, for those who don't know you and beyond the intro that, uh, that I botched here, kind of give us, give us a quick synopsis. Who is Rhonda? What is the command post? Uh, run us through how you got to where you are with that right now. Gosh, so uh, my husband and I have been married 11 years, and we've talked on and off about businesses. We're just that sort of entrepreneurial type couple. And I had several direct sales businesses, but we wanted something kind of fun and different. We thought about renting a space, and then I said, hey, <laughs> there's the building for sale. Why don't we just go check it out? So we did. Um, we decided to purchase the building, and we really didn't have a purpose. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So uh, through talk, our talk about the cart before the horse, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, Hey, let's just, we'll, we'll figure it out. So of course it needed some rehab and we were working on that and really wanted something that we were not having to be at 24 seven. We both work from home. Um, we homeschool, we have a lot going on. I'm finishing another bachelor's degree. So we just have a lot going on. Wait, did you say yeah. another another bachelor's? Yeah. So I knew you yeah. were in school. What what is your first bachelor's in? So I have a Bachelor of Arts in Communications. Okay. And then I got my MBA. And then um as I started going to Crossroads, they have this FPP program. So I'm getting a Bachelor of Arts in Ministry Leadership. That's through incredible. Northwest University. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Kind of crazy. So I am the most uneducated person I know who is surrounded by educated people. And every time I walk into a room, uh, I am impressed that people have done all of this schooling and it's scary to me. So you say bachelor yes. one, bachelor two, and then a, you have a master's degree. Yeah. Uh, my wife is finishing her master's now. Awesome. So uh, she's the smartest person I know. Um, uh, you know, we just, the schooling yeah. is finally catching up to her, but I am, I'm the guy who maybe has nine credits. But you know, I did not go back to school till I turned 30. So it was not something I know. 
and this it's cut it's been done I do a lot of things out of order right I buy a building <laughs> and then decide what we're going to do with it yeah so it's the same thing with the school I mean it was I was 30 years old I went back to school didn't know what I was going to do um, and I was, I was trekking towards, if you can imagine sports turf management, I thought that would be really cool. I have a client who does that. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of cool. Yeah. And then I moved. And so I ended up with this communications program because they had an evening program, especially for adults. And, uh, so I went to school and did that and then was convinced that I really need to go to grad school. So I did that too. So I spent a decade of my adult life in school at night while I worked. Yeah. So it's just what I do, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That sounds yes. strikingly similar to my house where, mm -hmm. where there's, there's certain seasons where my wife or Misty is up in the, in the office in our bedroom doing, doing the school. Uh, mm -hmm. cause she manages the house during the day and she manages our office and she manages, we do homeschool one of our 12 year old, we homeschool. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we've got three other kids. So that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. It so, is. But So tell me more about what you guys, so you bought the building, you tried to figure it out yes. and then you obviously have a plan here. Tell me we more do. about it. We do. So we purchased the building and really thought it would be fun to have a place for business to business uh, work. So it is an event or a meeting space. And what I mean by that is, again, I had a direct sales business. So one of my thoughts was, wow, this is where I could have my meetings for my team. I could do these different things instead of paying a hotel, which is expensive. And I wanted to have a, I thought this would be great. Well, you know, God has different plans. So he's like, first of all, you're not going to do that direct sales leadership thing anymore. So just let, let that go. Okay. It's, it really wasn't that easy, but it was a process. And so here now I'm like, all right, well, that was the plan. It still is the plan. We um, love to focus in on business to business. There's a lot of people, especially since COVID, that work from home, have home-based businesses. Maybe they're coaches, consultants, um, all kinds of things out there. And they really need a place to once in a while meet with teams or do workshops, things like that. So we wanted to build a place that felt comfortable, it's quaint, um, but a place where people can rent a small business, a startup, an entrepreneur, and not worry about, if I have a workshop, I have to have 50 people through the door to afford to pay for the hotel room. So our flexible pricing works with business people. So if you have five people coming through the door or you have 50 people coming through the door, we want you to get started and do the workshop because that's who's coming. That's the beginning of your business. And we want to make sure you have a place you can do that. So that was the premise for starting the command post. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm going to assume that command post has something to do with your husband and his military tenure. It does. And okay. it was so funny because he said, well, something like command post. And I'm like, oh, that's it. And he's like, really? You're going to more like, you're going to agree <laughs> the, with me? <laughs> the first shot. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about a command post, it is set up in the field and it's where the command happens. 
right? My husband's been a commander. So it's where it happens. And if you have a business and you rent the command post to do something, it is where you're commanding your business that day. So I loved the idea of that. And um, it was just kind of fun. So yeah. I love it. When when I actually came up and visited, I I didn't know anything about the business and I'd never Mm -hmm. Uh, even heard of your husband until uh, Tom Stamen, who invited me to come up and, and actually yeah. kind of be with you guys at night. And and we got there and he's like, you're going to love uh, General Steve. And I'm like, General Steve. <laughs> so I did the Google machine and I found out General Steve and, and uh, you just really kind of nerded out. I love military history uh, as, a, as an infantry vet uh, mm-hmm. pre, pre 9-11. So like there's there's a lot of cool people out there who did a really, really cool things and uh mm-hmm did a lot more than I ever did. I'm, I'm what I call a torchbearer Marine, right? I, mm-hmm. I was trained by the desert war guys, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the, the Gulf war guys. And then I trained up and was, was training guys before all Afghanistan and Iraq and everything that happened in 2001. I got out within less than 30 days of nine 11 wow. happening. Wow. Yeah. 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 My, my matter of fact, my platoon commander is like, you know, don't go far. Keep your cell phone on. I'm like, I don't have a cell phone. Steps aren't, He's like, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, this is back in the day when that was not yeah. a common thing. Yeah. Uh, so it was really interesting. And I don't know if anybody ever called and ever got in trouble. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. Don't, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't tell that to any of my old commands. They'll, they'll be like, <laughs> oh, there he is. We found him. No. Um, so tell me more. You know, I wrote down here, you had to let go of something, right? You walked away from a, from a leadership position and mm-hmm. it wasn't that easy. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about letting go. Like, this is not one of those questions. Like this is, this is why we do it this way. I want a more organic conversation. Yeah. Uh, letting go is not easy. No, uh, but, but talk to me about the steps in, in walking away from something that you had done and were obviously had some sort of success in yeah. how was that? How was that on your psyche and in your belief in yourself through that process? Wow. That's, that's such a great question because so much came out of that season. So I did what I would call, and I think we're crossroads families. So what I did a lot of times in the beginning of the year, we do about three weeks of fasting and prayer. And I accidentally fast. That's kind of how it comes along. And I accidentally fasted from excessive work. If you, <laughs> So I just didn't pay attention to it for about three weeks. I'm not sure why, but I didn't. And it probably had something to do with, I started back at school. Hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah. I stopped paying attention to my, this sounds terrible. I stopped paying attention to my team for three weeks. And at the end of it, um, the pastor had asked us to write uh, what God was speaking to us or a prayer request or anything like that. And I clearly heard, let it go. And I'm like, oh. Like I knew this this is not a Disney special. (laughs) No, I knew exactly what he meant. And I knew if I wrote that down and I put that in the bucket that he meant like you're letting it go. You're it's not like Abraham take your son and almost sacrifice him. It was, it's not coming back. Right. I knew it wasn't coming back. Now I had. Not to get too deep, but my identity was really caught up in that as well. I mean, it's what I did. It's who I was. Um, We were able to survive and thrive during a COVID season. So there was a lot of pride in that. Sure. 
but my identity was a little bit tied up in there. So I think that was a big reason why God was like, let it go. This is not who you are. I have something bigger and better. So I did that day, dropped it in the bucket. I walked back and, and I'm kind of, you know, I was full of tears and Steve was thinking, oh, it's because we bought the building and she put in a prayer request and all this. And he's, I'm like, yeah, no, nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's something else. <laughs> should have guess I should have prayed about that too. But it was, it was just this letting go process. And um, it did take a, about four months for me to, I, I started the process. Like I was emotionally detaching first and then I physically detached And then I had to do another emotional detachment. And it took, the whole process took about a year to really be like, I'm done. Like, I'm totally done. And uh, it it wasn't that it took too long. I think that really was the process of letting go of that. And it's been, it's so interesting because I've just been writing about this. It's been a season of, of isolation which I think we all go through various seasons like that. Yeah, I agree. And just some, yeah, right? Because it's like, you're going to be rebirthed in a sense. You're going to come back out, but you're going to come back out different. Yeah. The, so you're deep work, right? Yeah. You ever read that book, Deep Work? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's what, that's what we have been in since that time. So January of 2022. So yeah, just over a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your timelines line up with our our decision to open our agency and walk away mm-hmm. from a really successful, uh, we had a really successful insurance agency and mm-hmm. we took the brand off. And I'm sure everybody who's listening is, is just tired of me talking about it. Uh, you know, and, and I don't talk about our office much, but just some of that experience, but we had to do that same thing. And mm-hmm. even through this last year, so you talk about uh, kind of backing up here, I, I might be copious notes. Uh, because I want to come back to some of this, where the the easy thing for you is naming it, right? So you, Steve's Steve said a name, and you're like, "Let's go." Uh, <laughs> we didn't change our name, and as a matter of fact, it's my last name. But I, it was probably one of the harder decisions to make. If we keep it, do we change it? Do we do all these different things? Mm-hmm. Uh, we left it the way it was, uh, which is just you know the McBride Agency, and it's probably my one regret or or. I think misstep, I think we could have named it something different to help build ownership amongst the team, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's not Mm -hmm. just me doing the work. It's not just me putting it in. It's not just mine. Mm -hmm. And to build that mentality, how do we do that when, when their name's not on the door and it's my name? Mm -hmm. So we, as we look to expand and, and actually remote agencies and, and actually bringing on, uh, other, other acquisitions and different pieces, we've decided that instead of changing the name, we have to change the definition of McBride. So oh. where, where your definition, right? The, the command post is where you're commanding something. It's the central point of, of what you're doing. Uh, we decided we have to change the definition of what McBride means, like mm. Heinz or Walgreens or yeah. Wall Clipper, right? Wall Clipper is, is in Sterling, Illinois. And if you're from Wall Clipper and you're listening, I would love to talk with you. Uh, and, and that, and I'm honored that you're listening at all. So <laughs> Uh, we have to change that definition internally. Um, and, and that actually brought up the next piece here, right? So you, you talked about, you had a massive identity. Your identity was massively tied into what you did. Yeah. Right. So, uh, let's 
let's talk about that a little bit. We're going to go mm -hmm. deeper here than like one of my questions aren't even going to make a lot of sense here uh, in a minute, but who you are mm -hmm. is not what you do. Correct. Right. But mm -hmm. if I were to ask 90% of the people who are going to be on this podcast or even be uh, listening to, or folks who mm -hmm. listen to anything entrepreneurial, we wrap ourselves up in what we do. Right. If I said, Hey Rhonda, I'm Patrick. And we just start talking very quickly. That conversation turns to, well, what do you do? Where do you work? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. How, if someone asked you, Rhonda, who are you? How would you answer that question without tying in the work you do or the mm. business that you own? Yeah, because for a woman, we tend to do that with motherhood as well. So I'm a mom, I'm an aunt, you know what I mean? So I'm not, I, I am those things, Yeah. but that's not who I am. Um, if I were to simply state it, I am a child of of God. I am this human being on this earth to just shine a light, uh, for others. And that's what it's like. So simple. It's, it's simple and we complicate it, right? It's, it's so, so hard simple. to answer. And, and anybody listening, I, I would almost challenge anybody out there, right. And even shoot mm -hmm. me a message or, or email me, like, tell me if you have a definition of who you are, yeah, that doesn't include your occupation, or your vocation. Yeah. Right. Uh, I actually, uh, I'm, I speak in different places and I know that kind of lines into a lot of what you do with the, yes. um, oh no, now it's gone. Something speakers. There's a word there. And I engaging it. speakers. Engaging. There yeah. it is. That's the, clearly I'm not engaging. Uh, you know, not true. <laughs> <laughs> so when I actually give a presentation, one of my main points right now is define your mission. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I have been out of the military and did way too little to talk about it as much as I have in this conversation, but in the, in the Marine Corps, my mission was locate clothes with destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver. Like that's it. Or defend mm -hmm. your position by the same pieces. When I got out of the military, I had no mission. I had no drive. Uh, I had a faith that I was trying to rekindle. I had moved to Texas to go be near a friend who then subsequently met my wife the very next weekend who was engaged. That's a fun story. I'll tell you in a different conversation uh, and hopefully well, that's, that's a story for a different day. I had no mission. I had no drive. I had make money, have fun, something. And I wasn't mm -hmm. good at one of the two. Um, mm -hmm. So then we got married, we had kids and it, the, the mission was survive. Yeah. But everything I did was tied into what I was doing. I was either selling cell phones or I was cleaning carpets or doing air duct cleaning or mold remediation or bicycles. I'm massively into bicycles. I love bicycles. If you look at any wall in my office, except for the one behind me here, as we said, if, if you're, you know, if you see this, uh, but there's posters here, there's a bicycle over there. There's more bicycles on this wall. There's, there's original patent artwork across our conference room. Uh, I identified with bicycles for a long time and, and almost nothing else came of it. Like I had a, a cycling ministry where we would go to races and actually have service at mountain bike races across Texas and Oklahoma as we were racing. Oh, yeah. It was, it was incredible time, but I tied my identity so deeply to it. Yeah. And as we transitioned over, if someone said, Hey, Patrick, what are you or who are you? I have an answer. Mm -hmm. I know what my mission is today, but it took a long time to get there. Yeah. 
So it, and it came out of actually Genesis chapter two, uh, verse 10 and 11. It talks about Eden and out of Eden flowed a river and it broke into four branches. The first of which was Pishon and it flowed through the land of Havilah where there was gold, pure gold. And, and if you hear me talk anywhere, I talk about this all the time. So out of perfection, out of Eden flowed a river that broke into four pieces. The first of which was named hope. And that Mm. flowed through the land of suffering. Wow. That's awesome. So those three words. Yeah. Not only, you know, this is, I want, I want this portion, like there is a lot of my faith and your faith kind of tied into this, right. And, and, Mm -hmm. and hope in Christ, but Mm -hmm. agnostic of any religion, if you take anything the Bible says, you don't even have to take it literally. You can take it as allegorical for your life and a great place to find inspiration on how to be a decent human being. If that's all you view it as, and you think that there's whatever bad you want to put on there, those three words out of perfection came hope through suffering. Mm-hmm. My job, my mission, every day, every action, every purpose, every interaction, every time I speak is to provide or shine a light showing hope through suffering. Wow. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. It's, but it's, it's so difficult. Yeah. And I, I didn't come up with it. Like I totally stole it from somebody else. So, no. <laughs> you know, with that, I know we, we don't have a ton of time here left today, but I wanted to, to kind of ask some questions. What are some of you you've talked about, I guess, let me back up. You have talked about how you had this entrepreneurial mindset. You always Mm -hmm. knew that that's kind of what you wanted to do. And before you even opened your business, you had this drive. Mm -hmm. What are, if you could point out one specific moment or decision that impacted that drive in you? Mm. Gosh, great. Another great question. I... I'm that person who takes ownership, whether I'm working for someone or I'm working for myself. So I would treat someone else's business as if it were my own, call it workaholism, I don't know. But I did, I felt, um, I just felt a kinship with people who own it. I felt um, they've taken so much risk and I just wanted to represent them in their business. So it didn't matter what it was. And I started out as a hairdresser back in the day when you weren't really renting space, you were working for someone. And so early on, I was able to partner with some people and open a salon at one point. And then I rented a chair. And so I dabbled in a lot of those different adventures. Uh, So I think it was just something that was planted inside of me. And it's been a discovery. Um, This whole thing is just a constant discovery. And it's funny hearing your story. It's not funny, but hearing your story, I was thinking when it was several years ago and I really felt the pull to liberate the greatness in other people. So of course, If that is what you're called to do, what do you have to do first is liberate your own. (laughs) So uh, that's just the journey it's it's been is. um, And as I have been set freer and freer and freer from 
wrong thinking, the things that the world puts on us, just all of just the weight, sometimes things planted from uh, crises that happen and traumas that happen early in life. And as I've been set free, I want other people to experience that. And it's similar in that it's through our suffering that we can walk someone else through it or offer them hope or life afterwards or restoration as Jesus promises us Yeah, <laughs> from his. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, there's so much truth and there's so much that ties in with biblical truth into business truth. Mm-hmm. And will you talk about how you were able to take ownership of businesses that weren't yours mm-hmm. and represent them well? Mm-hmm. I, I think to to everybody out there, I think that's a point that we all need to take for just a moment and, and dwell on and chew on for just a second. Our businesses, our successes, our growth is impossible without the strength of others. It's impossible without the help of our staff regardless of the paycheck, right? Forget about the paycheck. Uh, matter of fact, there is a really great book. It's it's geared towards uh, insurance and financial uh, advisors or insurance and financial industries by Grant Botma. It's called, It's Not About the Paycheck. And it talks about the culture that you drive. And it talks about how you reward and grant that that ownership or you you grant the, the privilege and, and all of the extra pieces that go with that hard work. And you give people a recognition for their, or their recognition or reward for their hard work, where it's almost, I look at so many people who have the itch to start and run their own business, who had that same mentality, but it's almost, you know, the question pops in my head, would they still run their own business if they were given an opportunity to continue to drive and build and have a say so and have a voice in the businesses that they were already invested in? Mm-hmm. And could we have stronger businesses and stronger culture if we worked together to build those things. Yeah. So, Definitely some great thoughts there. I do think um, it's it flows both ways. As a business owner, how are we towards those who work with us? Do they do they feel like they are a part of something bigger? And you talked about that with just simply the name. Just saying like, hey, I could have done this differently, but now I want to do it now and incorporate this. And how can we, what, what, what will that look like? Um, I think that just speaks a lot to who you are as a business owner and how you do want to create that culture. And we have such a great opportunity to do that. We do. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fun place to be. Uh, mm-hmm. We're you know, every business goes through, you know, two to three stages. You've got the survival mode, the stability mode, and then you've got the, maybe just the ride it out and, you know, right off into the sunset mode. I haven't, I've never gotten there. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've gotten to stability and said, let's turn this apple cart over and start from scratch. Let's build a brand new Um, apple cart. Maybe you have some of what I, I love startups and turnarounds. I love the uh, excitement of the new that's, that is a gifting. That is a, a natural thing in me. And I used to fight that, <laughs> but yeah. now I'm like, no, I love it. I just love that. It's so fun to step into that unknown. And I know there's a lot of people who are, this woman's nuts. I would never do that, <laughs> but yeah. I thrive in that environment. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what do you think sets you 
and your business apart, knowing our world and, and knowing what, you know, post-pandemic, uh, and I think you, you touched on this mm-hmm. a little bit, but I just want to give you a chance to, to kind of share a little bit about what sets the command post apart among mm-hmm. anybody else in the region and why, why you guys are being so successful. Yeah. So first and most important for me is that I don't have a Christian business. Okay. But I have a God run business. So we look at, uh, the Lord is our CEO. We get direction from him. I really want, this is what I found so interesting last August. Uh, I was at Global Leadership Summit, and statistically, people do not trust the media, oh, surprising, and do not trust the government anymore. What they do trust is business owners and industry leaders. Yeah. So as a business owner, what an opportunity. To me, God has already brought the trust of the people. And if we operate our business with the integrity and we operate our business as it would be in something run by God and not by infallible human, like the human beings, right? If, if we did that, if we could truly be the church in our business and represent that well, I think that people, well, I do believe that God's turning things around and we're going to have choices on who we do business with and choices on what um, is important to us and who we are and how we feel about things. And we're going to have those choices. And God is putting people in place. He's turned the trust already to the business owners, like I said. And so now we just need to step into that position. So for from a business to business perspective, I want to see people thrive and grow and uh, do amazing things in their business. And so we want to be there to support them to collaborate with them, to connect them to people who will help them with their business. That's why we started the Engaging Speakers chapter. Um, Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a message. We want to teach people how to get it out there in an effective way to grow their business and to work with like-minded individuals, to connect, to collaborate, to grow, and to enjoy um, just when you, when you're a solopreneur and entrepreneur, I feel like you are still that, that body part looking for other body parts. And I believe that we do that. We bring people together so that you have this energy from other perspectives, from other talents and skills and gifts that can come and help you grow and you can help them grow. And it's just this, it's like happy land. I don't know. Back to Eden. I love it. love to love to see that like energy and that enthusiasm and that connection for people. I, I think that's exactly why you guys are going to continue to be successful and continue to mm-hmm. be a voice in the region. You know, we we always tell people we're not a Christian business. We're a business mm-hmm. run by Christians. Mm-hmm. Because if I want the body of work we provide to be exceptional. Yes. The fact that I have a Christian faith is completely irrelevant to the work that I do and how well I do it. Now, Mm -hmm. I do my work well because of my faith, Mm -hmm. but you can come to my office and you're going to go, wow, you're incredible. I want to do business with you. Right. We, we, we push back. I almost said rebel. I don't want to be in rebellion. (laughs) Right. We push back (laughs) against the stigma, do business with me because I'm, I'm a Christian. We have the same faith, do business with me. 
because then you get the, well, I don't have the same faith. Why would mm -hmm. I do business with you? Right. But yeah. just because, just because you have the same faith as me does not mean you're an exceptional and exceptional partner in our growth strategy or in our, yeah. in, in our solutions for our clients who represent yeah. multiple faiths. And how can we be that light? How can mm -hmm. we be that source of hope through their suffering? Right. And, and obviously insurance really plays a lot into that, especially yeah. this last week, you know, we've had with the hail damage we had here. So it's early April when we're recording this, uh, yeah. the hail damage we had, there's just an enormous amount of what do we do? And mm -hmm. can we answer questions? Can we set expectations? Can we provide a, uh, yeah. a calming voice in the minute of the, in the moment of that? That's what my mm -hmm. team transitioned from our growth strategy. We transitioned to a care strategy immediately. Mm -hmm. Clouds darkened. We looked out the windows. We took a couple. We took a couple of videos. We turned right around. We answered phones and we handled claims for the last four days. And, yeah. And we're they're killing it. I say I say we. Uh, I'm I'm by proxy. Uh, we take they're, ownership. They're killing it. They're yeah. absolutely killing it. Yeah. So to, to kind of wrap up here, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to younger Rhonda or any other entrepreneur of any age, even someone who has a successful operation and maybe they're feeling that pull to do something different? What advice would mm -hmm. you give to that, to that person? Mm. Yeah. Yet another good question. I do believe that what I love about some of the younger generation is they seem fearless, right? They're fearless. They don't care if they do it right or wrong. They just do it. Um, I do think they face a higher level of anxiety. It's not from perfectionism, but it's more because I get it's a social environment. Uh, but I, I would tell someone, I would tell my younger self, because I'm telling my younger self this today, because I am my younger self to me later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm telling myself like to be fearless, to go and do it. You've got nothing to lose. And my experience has shown me that most people feel the same way that you might feel. You might feel, what are people going to think? They're blah, blah, blah. You know, we all have that sort of person or type of person that we fear, like, what are they going to think of me? And they are so much better and they've got it all together. And that person is saying the same thing. So we are all alike. And I think if we just step out fearlessly, we're going to find out that we do have it and we can do it. And we let go of the perfectionism and just be our authentic self and I put the it. message out there. The world needs to hear what you've got to say. The world needs the gifts that you have. And if you are not putting yourself out there, they're losing out because they need you and they need you as your authentic, not, not who you think you're supposed to be, but who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is the best advice I have heard all day. I actually wrote down on my paper here. I wrote down stay fearless because sometimes to do something, you have to be fearless for just a moment. Yes. Right. The difference between <laughs> bravery and cowardice or courage mm -hmm. and cowardice is one small fractional decision that you just have to stand forward with. Yes. But to continue to stay fearless is, is probably something that I just needed to hear today. So Rhonda, I appreciate that. Yeah. So if anyone wants to get a hold of you as we wrap up here, how, how can they do that? How can they reach you? How can they book your, your venue? 
Yeah. So, you know, we're on social media channels, Facebook and Instagram. It's under our salty life because that's another brand. It's another story for another day. But that's one of the easiest ways to reach me. Um, If somebody wants to text me, they can text me um, at 815-205-5445. I had to think about that number for a minute there, but it's funny. I can give you my office number 10 times before I can remember my own cell phone number. I know. So they could text at that number or call that number and and it will filter through to me and... Yeah, check us out on social media and lots coming. There's a lot of things coming um, on, and I'm Rhonda Huber. You can find me on Facebook that way as well. So Rhonda Huber with the command post in Byron, mm-hmm. Illinois. Thank you yeah. everyone for joining us this week on the get started podcast where the secrets for success are to just get started. So yes. get up. Get off your backside, lace up your boots, and take that first step. Now, if you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to hit that purple subscribe button on your iPhone or whatever your favorite listening platform is so you don't miss next week's episode. Uh, Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Both platforms is just at the Get Started Podcast. Uh, While you're at it, buy a friend a coffee, buy him a drink, tell him about the show, discuss what you're getting started on, and we'll see you next week. Awesome. Rhonda, thank you. Thank you.